Your attention, please. The Thunder Mesa Limited, now leaving for a grand circle tour through the realms of Imagineering, Model Railroading, and Disney Trains. All passengers, board! Howdy folks, welcome aboard the Thunder Mesa Limited. I'm your host Dave Meek, coming to you from Thunder Mesa Studio in historic Jerome, Arizona. And this is the show where we talk to all kinds of creative folks from the worlds of themed entertainment, modeling, trains, and Disney. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 12, and today our very special guest is the one and only James A. Powell. James is the founder and vice president of design and marketing for Monster City Studios, a themed entertainment and interactive experience company located in Fresno, California. He's also an avid model maker, model train buff, and all-around bundle of creative energy. We'll be talking with James about all of that and more right after this important word from our sponsor. Timber! This episode brought to you by the Hurlbut Steam Boiler and Flume Works. Whether you're felling tall timber or taking a dark ride down, down into the mines, you need equipment you can count on. Hurlbut Steam Boiler and Flume Works is the name you can trust. Founded back in 58 by Wendell Bud Hurlbut, our multi-level commitment to quality remains unmatched. Often imitated, but never duplicated, Hurlbut is the name to remember for all of your timber, mining, and small locomotive needs. That's Hurlbut Steam Boiler and Flume Works on Railroad Avenue in Calico. Now please welcome to the program the human dynamo himself, James Powell. James, thank you so Miss- much for doing this. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mr. David Meek. How are you doing, sir? Good to talk to you. Hey, you know, it's the holiday season. Yeah, I, I, it is. It is. It's uh, That's all I seem to be involved in at work right now is yeah. holiday stuff. Christmas stuff, yeah. holiday stuff. Yeah, Christmas stuff, holiday stuff. Um, it seems like in the past three or four months, everybody and anybody decides they want everything all at once. And uh, so the, we are pretty slammed. That has been right my now. experience as well. Yes. I mean, I can't complain, no. but I have lost part of my hair because of it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been it's been some really, really long days. It's been I haven't even been able to do really much model building at all yeah. or posting on social medias because it's just been it's been nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost scary nuts how, how many yeah. uh, quick turn things we're getting. Yeah. I had our teacher in school one time told me that's that's what you call a good problem to have is when you're so I, busy. Yeah, I, I have heard that. Yeah, I was I was on the phone with uh, a effects uh, guy in mm-hmm. L.A. today, and uh, we, we just started a project for him today, and he said the exact same thing. He said since probably uh, August, September of this year, it has been nonstop. Yeah. And I know that we've gotten overflow from L.A. Mm-hmm. God, probably 10 different jobs in the past few months just – there's just not enough shops out there. And so right. it's, and everybody's wanting, you know, the normal stuff and then outrageous, crazy stuff. So that's cool. That's what we do. We love. Well, yeah. I was going to say stuff. outrageous, crazy stuff is your business, right? That's, yeah, exactly. That's, so that's what you it. do. Uh, uh, it's uh, we love doing the stuff. That's really quick turnaround really mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. Always, always that same. It's kind of cliche, but the stuff that people say, Hey, there's no way you can get that done. We love, 
at least attempting to get it done. <laughs> Trying to get it fun to do the impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to spend a little bit of time here on the uh, absolutely on the Thunder Mesa show. Um, if, if, if it wasn't so busy, I, I uh, would have been out there in, in Jerome with you. Yeah. Um, I, I have to get out there. I'm going to go up to Flagstaff to see a client up there, but uh, I, I really was excited. But I will make it out to Jerome here soon. And uh, got to stop and, by. Uh, and I will bug the uh, old uh, um, Crescent Creek models and Thunder Mesa uh, <laughs> headquarters. Come by, knock on the door. Just, yeah, I just hear, knock. I, Don't be scared to knock like some people that we know. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh, yesterday we had to, there's a guy who, you know, his name, his name is uh, Justin. Justin Scard. Yeah. Scard, who does uh, Random Land. Right. Right. Um, right. Which uh, started out as kind of, I don't know exactly how it started out. It was a lot of Disney stuff. And, yeah. Uh, and Route 66 and stuff like that. And he, he tells me, I saw him in Anaheim at DesignerCon. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says that he went by Jerome and he was outside your studio. He filmed a, and- he filmed a bit, a segment outside my studio door. <laughs> like I was said, probably in there huffing glue he and there. he was outside he, the door. Yeah. He said you were talking. I said he was probably filming a video or doing a podcast or something. And uh, he said, well, I was kind of I was kind of scared to, you know, I'm, I'm pretty shy. I didn't want to knock on on the door. I said, you know, I think they would have probably made time for you yeah i know who he is yeah yeah. i i can be like carl frederickson though you know kind of a grumpy old man is when i'm when i'm working when when i'm like head down and doing something go away you know listen listen i (laughs) the way my workshop set up and we'll talk about this here in a little bit but the way my workshop set up it's in my garage Mm -hmm. and uh, my back is always facing the garage door but during the day when i'm here on the weekends i'll have it open right and inevitably because my layout my small layout mm-hmm. dirtspot.7 is, is kind of facing the door right and my back is facing the door and people love to walk up on me and say mr powell james <laughs> and of course it freaks me out every single time right and uh yeah i i'm kind of grumpy about that too i just like to like when i'm in my zone you know you know how it is when i'm yeah. in my zone making something i want to be in my zone that's right. that's my happy place so yeah um yeah so uh yeah yeah but soon Soon, uh, I will be uh, building a new studio in my backyard, and Ooh, uh, you're, you're with, a with, dedicated building for this. Yeah, a, de- a dedicated building right that on. actually is uh, um, partially because of you and Mr. <laughs> Jake Johnson. Uh, I will be building a replica. It's it's kind of a caricature replica, but a replica of the Carrollwood Barn for oh, my layout. I am yeah. pretty darn excited about that. Well, that's interesting because the, the barn itself is a, is kind of a caricature. but So you're going to be right. doing a caricature of a caricature. Of a caricature, yeah. So it's not going to look anything like the thing in Marceline. Not at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. It, it's uh, it, it's going to be kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, actually, Justin, Justin Scard is talking about uh, uh, maybe coming and we're going to shoot a little episode uh, of the uh, the Marceline barn, the awesome. Carewood barn, the Crescent Creek model caricature of the crescent creek model right uh kit you ordered one um, of the kits did you I get did. it I you got, got it, it. Uh, i got it yesterday awesome yeah it's awesome i can't wait to build it it's cool it's very very it's, neat I, it's a fun little kit yeah it is it's great uh, yeah so i got one of the kits yesterday and uh i just opened it today 
ch checked it out. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm really excited to build it. I think it'd be really cool. Um, I think it'll be really cool to have the studio that's uh, yeah. um, for the dirt spot uh, that I can, uh, you know, put the layout in and uh -huh. uh, have something, you know, the whole kind of, it all started with trains in the kind of the, the, uh, Carewood Pacific barn. Right. Um, and, uh, we're going to bring trains back to the miniature Carewood Pacific barn, if you would. I think so that's a great cool. idea. That's a great idea. Now it's to be really neat. Yeah. For, for now, for people who don't know, what Monster City Studios does? Can you, in a nutshell, say, tell 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 the folks at home what what you do there? Yeah, we we've been Monster City Studios. We've been around for going on eleven years. Mm -hmm. um, I've been in the themed entertainment business for a little over twenty years. Right, and uh, I uh, basically had started um, doing this uh, in Fresno. Uh, when I moved here from the Central Coast, I was I was over in Paso Robles. Right. Um, and I moved over here and uh, started Monster City, and uh, we do we make things for themed entertainment. So that means basically like amusement parks, right? Um, the big big name parks, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also do smaller, uh, kind of private uh, weirdo stuff. I guess you could say we make like right. Uh, we we make. Uh, We've been doing. We've done a couple of big man caves. We're doing one right now for mm -hmm. a client in Naples, Florida, right. which is all Dungeons and Dragons themed. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, oh yeah, it's it's gonna be <laughs> two stories. It's gonna be like an old medieval kind of European Tudor mm -hmm. uh, pub slash inn. So there's yeah. gonna be a bar downstairs with a yeah. stage. There's a couple rooms upstairs. So when the, when the guys' friends come over to uh, play D&D if they want to stay over. If they've drank too much at that bar, they can just go upstairs and, and crash mm -hmm. in the inn suites. But the whole thing inside now is themed D&D. Um, &D. So That's awesome. from he doesn't even want like, like modern-looking light fixtures. He wants mm -hmm. everything to have that kind of like, what is that, the three broomsticks? Is that what it's called? Uh, in the, Harry the, the three broomsticks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he wants it kind mm -hmm. of to have that feeling. So we're going to be a little bit more caricature than that. It's going to be a little bit more cartoony. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's going to uh, fill this thing. And the whole area outside is going to be like a, a forest. Right. So he's already planted a bunch of the trees there. But wow. um, there's going to be 10 characters, full-size characters around. We uh, started working on the first character, which is a barkeep. Mm -hmm. It's a big, like, seven-foot-tall barkeep guy. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to have a, a full-size dragon, kind of a, a dungeon type of area. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's pretty over the top let me tell you it's gonna be really really fun that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun yeah people don't realize there are there are a lot of uh private clients out there who have the oh uh disposable i was talking to a, another friend of mine in this business and uh, uh -huh. talking <laughs> yeah that's like the future you know <laughs> oh it's you know i just people with I lots of disposable income they want to build a themed thing yep. in their yard yep. or their house or their basement well, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, we have a, a friend of ours who's doing some work for us in uh, Vegas yeah. who does some does some theming there. And he just did the Twilight Zone. It, it was kind of all, it was on social media quite a bit, but he yeah. did this uh, uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror kind of themed garage. Yeah. Um, and it, all, it has all this animation and animatronics and, you know, projection mapping and rain and uh, it's it's really cool, but this is going to be uh, more and more common for these people to do these uh, kind. Of, I guess it's all of all of us that are kind of you know in their forties, fifties, you know, uh, I guess early sixties that we're into this kind of stuff and uh -huh. have some 
some disposable income to be able to do mm -hmm. funky things that was, you know, unheard of mm -hmm. even 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of happening. So it's really fun. Uh, I like these jobs because unlike working for the mouse or doing mm -hmm. universal work or something like that, uh, you know, we can do everything from design it to right. build it, to install it. Whereas working for one of the parks, the big parks, you're, you have the Imagineers design everything and right. you have to produce it within 1% of what they design. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, not only that, but most of the stuff you design is never going to get built. Well, that's the thing is, yeah, yeah. 99% of it ends up in a drawer. It, you know. <laughs> You're yeah, actually yeah, building right, stuff. Right. And by the time it gets to yeah. us, you know, obviously we're building it, so mm -hmm. it's getting built. But there's no creativity. and It's just, here, make this, yeah. you know. So it, it's neat, but at the same time, there's uh, – we don't get to invent anything. It's, mm -hmm. it's not our vision. It's uh, right. You know the Imagineers' visions. Yeah. Um, not that it's a bad vision because the stuff well, we they've done pretty amazing. well. They've done pretty yeah, well. You know, they're all right. They have pretty good they track do. record. Yeah. yeah, they do. They really do. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we we do that kind of stuff at mm -hmm. Monster City. Uh, we also because we have a pretty large mold making shop. We also do a bunch of med medical simulation mm. products mm -hmm. um, for it. We, we sub out for a manufacturer and we, yeah. we make those. Um, we even did uh, during uh, the beginnings of oh, COVID, we did PPE for quite a while too. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just, it's it's very creative we do a lot of really really neat stuff right. you know uh, people that don't know about california uh, fresno is you know a lot of people think when they hear california they either think of la or san francisco right we're four hours away from each right. so we're not that kind of la type of area where there's a lot of creatives and where they're building all this stuff we're not mm -hmm. like orlando or la so actually where we're doing it is really, it's a really odd place to be doing what we're doing. Yeah. I, you know, I was going to, I was going to say something about that. Cause you're not, you know, you're not in, uh, in the Bay, you're not in LA, you're not in Hollywood or Burbank or Glendale right. <laughs> or yeah, Orlando. Right, right, where everything's at. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. no, but, uh, well, it's, I, I just, I was doing it and, uh, ended up in the middle, in the middle of the state. So yeah. it's kind of cool though. It's a really, it's a very, very, um, other, it's very hot, yeah. but it's a very uh, fast-growing area, yeah. um, and it's uh, a lot of people, we, we kind of become the butt of a lot of jokes from people from California because they think of it as hot and, you know, nasty <laughs> and kind of the hood here, but there, it's actually some, there's some really nice places, plus we're at the foothills of, you know, uh, of the, the Sierras, Sierras. Yeah. so you have all the sequoias, you have mm -hmm. Yosemite, you have Kings Canyon, Right. I mean, just a few miles away, it is gorgeous beyond belief right. so um yeah that that is a huge huge plus for being in this area no doubt about it um it'd be a lot nicer though if it wasn't 100 every yeah it gets really for, hot there know, in the central valley months. yeah yeah it gets really hot <laughs> it, get really, it gets really hot there that's there's a i think it's like and, Austin, and Vegas, i'm saying that as an arizonan phoenix yeah exactly <laughs> exactly well yeah i mean we're like probably fifth in the country for you know major major population centers and yeah so well though yeah, where i, I am in arizona it doesn't get you know i'm up we're jerome is a mile high it's it's the right. same elevation as denver so the 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 yeah. weather is fairly similar it gets hot we get a little snow in the winter yeah. but, uh, but you have grapes 
right? So yeah, you have down you have in the valley, in the in the beautiful verdant Verde Valley. It's Verde that's, Valley. That's that's Arizona's wine country. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's beautiful. there's uh, there's lots of new vineyards and stuff going in there. Yeah, new, I, I say new, you know, because I'm an old guy. It's actually been like 30 years now. <laughs> They've been oh, doing really? grapes. Just, and, no, yeah, I've been doing vineyards. Yeah, but it's a still, that's it's starting new to for wine regions. You know, it is new for uh, a wine region. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty pretty neat place there. Jerome is uh, Jerome is awesome. Pretty 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 damn awesome. Not, not you know old west and mining and yeah. all the really cool stuff that we like as as model builders. You it's know? all right there. And the te- and as a designer and an artist, I'm sure you feel this way too. It's like the first time I went to Jerome, it was like the textures. You know, you are a yeah. huge weathering. God, I mean, I, I, I look at your weathering. I'm in awe. I mean, you, you are amazing at weathering. And I, you would love to just walk around Jerome and geek out on, the, you know, the multiple wall surfaces. that all, Oh, yeah. You know, all, that, all that history and story told through masonry and, 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 uh, and repair and the different and roofing. Wood and, right, yeah. exactly. The silvered wood and the rusted metal, the rusted iron roofs and the, and the shingles yep. and the... Yeah, it's it's wild, you know. I love that. You know, if I if my buildings weren't weathered, they wouldn't stand up because there wouldn't be anything left of them. <laughs> and the cracks running up yeah. through the walls and right. stuff. Right, exactly. That's what it's makes like, no, it really but, interesting. Yeah, that's one I, thing. You know, and I also like the elevation changes. You know, yeah, like, within the streets, it's right. very Malcolm Furlow esque. Right. You know. Right. It's uh, kind of going up the side of the mountain and the, the different levels. If you I go from one end of town to the the other too fast, you get a nosebleed because you know you're going up in elevation very fast. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, what, what what was that town Sheridan uh, that Malcolm Furlow right. made on his yeah. his lands? They had that had that. Uh, Big elevation change with yeah. all the old. I have that issue of Model Railroader somewhere on the shelf. <laughs> I mean that that uh, yeah, and, and you could kind of see it with the, mm-hmm. the San Juan Central too, right? Um, you know, it had that kind of that feel, right? And that was uh, yeah, so uh, built into yeah. the side of a mountain. Yeah. I just yeah, the tin cup. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, was kind of like that. You know, I used right. to own that layout. So um, that's right. You that, used to own. This is this is the thing I wanted to talk. I got a note. I got all my notes over here. You owned the San Juan Central for a time. Is I that did. Correct. I did. I owned it for I think probably like I want to say three years or so mm-hmm. in the yeah. mid nineties. Yeah, I owned yeah. it, and it was uh, in a really really bad sh- really bad shape when I got it. Yeah, and um, uh, and. Uh, I kind of refurbished it to uh, what I could do with it, mm-hmm. and then Charlie Getz, uh, we were going to run that. Yeah. At the time, I had a, a buddy of mine um, who's also ended up in the themed entertainment business yeah. uh, with another company. He, we, uh, uh, he, he and I kind of refurbished it. We had a model railroad products company. We were selling like uh, castings and things like that, mm-hmm. and uh, we were running ads in uh, the Gazette, right? The Narrow Gauge and Shortline Gazette uh, with Bob Brown, and uh, we went to go run an ad saying that I wanted to sell the same one Central. We were going to use our ad space to sell mm-hmm. that, and uh, even before the ad ran, I got this call from Bob, and he said, "Hey, Charlie gets uh, <laughs> thinks he wants to buy that from you before we run the ad." He's like, "So we so we figured out we came up with a price and." Yeah. and uh, he, he agreed to buy it. So on the ad, it <clears throat> ran a magazine that said already sold. Sold. <laughs> For sale, it's already sold, sold as we're running the ad. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I actually, 
I had seen it. I, I want to say it was in Model Railroad, or there was a little ad in the classifieds when they. I don't know if they still have classifieds in Model Railroad, or, but uh, when they did, yeah, uh, it said there was the little San Juan Central logo, which was the. I would say if there's any one reason why I got into model railroading, it was because of the San Juan Central. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up mid '80s, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people were more into John Allen, which I was, mm-hmm. but not until after. Um, and uh, I saw the Combat videos with the San Juan Central on it, and I right. just fell in love with the dramatic scenes and all that. Anyway, there was a there was an ad in there, and it was it said something like san juan central for sale five thousand dollars and for me i was i could buy that is that and i i knew it was already sold right. but i called the number and it wasn't sold yet wow. i thought that was a little odd right right how could somebody not want this thing i mean right. this is amazing the book was you know i had already had multiple copies of the book because i wore right. it out and uh um so I, I i drove to i think it was in like uh uh, it was it was somewhere by York or or Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It was in that area, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to that. I think Paul's Hobby Shop mm. it was called at the time. And well, I found out why nobody wanted it because <laughs> because <laughs> it was in bad shape. Oh, it was uh, the roof the roof of the room it was on. It was in, in like a uh, kind of a turn of the century building. Yeah, and uh, it had a plaster lath roof above it, and it collapsed. Oh, and it was it was covering part of the layout. Oh no, um, there was water damage on the layout. And, Actually, didn't even think it was the layout at first, wow. and and I had the book with me. I started looking. Oh yeah, yeah, this actually is it. Yeah, um, you know, there's exacting details on mm-hmm. it, but part of Tim Tim kept still existed, so I was able to. Yeah, and, you know, they assured me, yes, this is the real one, and sure it was. <clears throat> I mean, sure enough, it was. Uh, some of the original uh, rolling stock was with it, and the little box cab locomotives and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So we made a deal, and I, I bought it and brought it back to Cleveland, and uh, set it yeah. up and refurbished it. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I did, I did learn that Malcolm is an amazing photographer and an amazing, unbelievable modeler. Yeah. But man, he did not care about track work. Let me tell you. Um, I don't <laughs> I've heard he that before. Care. Yeah. I don't think he cared whatsoever <laughs> if the trains ran, which is kind of like me, but you know, um, well, he wasn't making videos. Yeah. He was making yeah. <laughs> still photos. That's, great, great yeah, photographer. Ex- yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that thing, after we cleaned the cleaned the track and cleaned up a bunch of the joints and there was mm-hmm. expansion joints and it had like, you know, the old uh, plastic uh, yellow rail joiners I used to buy. It had like those on right. it, you know, and man, those, those little box cabs. Oh, poor things. There were the little grant line, the box little grant lines. I remember those. Yeah. And th- those things ran like, Oh God, I don't I, like there was a, I don't wind up toy motor in them that, <laughs> you know, worked half the time and had a broken rubber band. I don't, I don't know. It was, they were bad it was bad mm-hmm. um and uh, i i didn't really do much to the track charlie jets charlie jets charlie gets completely refurbished the track, uh, the, yeah. the, the track and yeah. actually made it run nicely I, I was more concerned about the scenery mm-hmm. um but uh you know now that that thing's in uh it's in sacramento at the yeah. uh, state railroad museum unfortunately it's under plexiglass which i get it yeah but a, a layout like that that's made to be photographed. Right. It's kind of weird in that's a box. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of weird in a box, but but it is gorgeous. And Charlie did as I mean, just everything he did to that, the, and the amount he was able to let mm-hmm. people see it and, yeah. and tour it. It was definitely worth it. And uh, I'm I'm happy that now it's you know it's in 
in the museum. Yeah. Um, that was part of our, our agreement when, when he bought it was right. that when he got rid of it, it would either go there or it would go to uh, um, the uh, NMRA Museum in Chattanooga. This uh, thing belongs in a museum, to quote Indiana right. Jones. And it went. And it exactly. exactly. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. Yeah, I've heard, you know, those little those roundhouse uh, 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 <clears throat> uh, yeah, consolidations that he had did not run yeah. very well either, but. No, yeah, I tried um, to build one of those once, and they were no. Where you cut out the middle of the yeah, cut out the center, and mm-hmm. I, I still did, have I a box full of all the parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I've used, I've you know, over the years for many different. Everything is, I like to say, this is one of my mantras. Everything is raw materials, <laughs> right? Yeah, exa- it always. Is. You agree, of course. Of course. Yeah, for a model builder, everything is raw materials. I, I kept car number forty forty six, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam on Central Card, so I still have that. Ah, um, so cool. I wanted to have uh, at least a little bit of you gotta memento have of the you gotta layout. Have so I, I have an original, a Malcolm Furlow original, which I'm kind of happy with. I need but, some. I need some uh, San Juan Central Rolling Stock. I, maybe a box. Maybe I'll do a box car or something to run on the Thunder Mesa. You yeah. you need one. Yeah, I need totally one. I've got a. I've got a. a Mescal lines. I need a. Oh, you have a Mescal. Yeah, yeah you need yeah. a Jerome in Southwest. <clears throat> I need the Jerome. That. I was gonna say that's an yeah. interesting story. That's kind of you with you, and Michael Furlow. With me, it was John Olson, yeah, also sure. uh, very much yeah. so. And and uh, that series on the Jerome and Southwestern. And I never thought in a million years living in Southern California that I would end up in there. <laughs> in, you know, John in that Olson, place. Olson's fault. Yeah, I uh, I did uh, in 2016. Um, I filmed a uh, it, it was a history channel paid for a, a pilot to be filmed mm-hmm. for a uh, show was called model citizen. Yeah. And uh, it was a, it was a model building competition show. Uh, we filmed that in LA and there were three teams. Um, and the one team we went up against, it was a, a former Imagineer. His name's Carl Horner. And uh, he used to work under, he worked under John Olson in, yeah. Tokyo in mm-hmm. Osaka, yeah. um, and uh, he had nothing but good things to say about John. Um, I've never heard anybody ever say guy. anything bad about John. <laughs> yeah, he loved the guy. So, so he he's probably guy. an axe murderer or something. You know, it's it's yeah, he's, he's be, hit it very well. Be. Have you ever met John? I haven't. We've corresponded, but I've never I've never met the man in person. I would love to someday. I don't. Does he still model? I don't know if he still models or not. If he does, he keeps it to himself. I guess so. He likes yeah. to fish, is what I hear. You know, he's, well, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with I, that. I like to fish too. I like <laughs> to fish too. I love to fish. That's uh, I grew up fishing and hunting. So yeah, uh, I, I don't hunt, but I certainly will uh, wet a line anytime. Yeah. I am so, if I'm not model building, I like going outside. <laughs> me too. Yeah, that's why. I, no. That's why one of the reasons I live where I live is because it's you know I got Sedona right there and the mountains Pretty right handy. here. Very nice. So, you, how did you get in? How did you get into model making? Let's 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 go back to the, let's go way making. back to the beginning. Way back, way back. Uh, the my my uh, my brother uh, who was he was a teenager. Um, mm-hmm. I was a really really little kid. He had a uh, uh, one of those ping pong table HO scale <laughs> right Tyco man Mantua Mantua yeah. Uh, uh, type of layouts right mm-hmm. lifelike and all that but he was i wouldn't say he was serious about it but he was serious more serious than most people when they have a train set i mean he right. kind of made a permanent layout right. and and did some scenery and stuff like that and i was i was little i'm we're talking three four but i loved it 
Yeah. And that was the greatest thing. Um, he he was unfortunately he was killed in a motorcycle uh-huh. cycle accident when I was six. Uh-huh. And but he had that layout, and, and I loved the trains. But I was just too little to um, uh, be able to play with them. But uh-huh. uh, about the time I was eight, my mom and my my two older brothers they uh, they kind of got together and built me a four by eight uh, layout uh, to have a little permanent layout. Yeah, and um, I think around when I was uh, eleven or twelve, I found out a friend down the street was all he really also liked model trains, and he subscribed to Model Railroad. And I had never, you know, I was lone wolf. Didn't, right, it was just me and my mom. You know, I didn't know anything about there was a Model Railroad or magazine. Yeah, I mean, people actually were into the, you know, into <laughs> so I started reading his magazines that right. he subscribed to, and I was like, oh man. And so we started adding on to the four by eight, made it bigger and bigger. And, um, and then those uh, videos came out that were uh, the uh, Kalmbach videos on PBS mm-hmm. and uh, they were on Saturday mornings. Yeah. And that was my cartoon, man. I, yeah. that, I just, I videotaped every one of those, watched them and watched them and watched them. Yeah. And uh, my mother said, uh, you know, this, you've got these trains downstairs, but these guys are building these layouts and you are so obsessed with, railroad stuff don't you want to build something like them yeah so uh yeah and she said well why don't you re- restart everything over and i'll pay for the i'll pay for the bench work and, wow you know get, what, a, get you what a great mom and so yeah, no totally well, <laughs> awesome. but yeah uh i ended up building a see i was 12 years old i built a i built the layout myself you know i got had a you know jigsaw and mm-hmm. you know what we had back then you know yeah. ordered, we didn't have like uh, the uh, uh, battery operated impacts or anything no, like that, you know, just no. it was all standard little hand tools. Mm-hmm. Um, but built the whole layout, of, it was out of two by fours, but um, it ended up, ended up being uh, 38 feet by 15 feet. It was big, yeah, it was big. Uh, you know, I got a lot of the track done, a little bit of scenery, um, and uh, then I started writing little student fair things and mm-hmm. model railroader. And uh, my, I got my first five dollar check for an article on <laughs> and you were on my birthday. I was at my birthday in, in <laughs> 1988. Wow! And uh, I, oh man, I, I got to do this. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, I started doing that, and I, I was getting kind of even when I was that young. I was scratch building things. So yeah. We were buying like balsa wood and stuff, and I wasn't really into kits. Um, I just really wanted to build like yeah. Malcolm Furlow. Uh, mm-hmm. I knew he was building kits, but I didn't have, there were no hobby shops by me. So I had yeah. to kind of scratch build everything and it wasn't any good. It was, it, well, it was moderate, moderate for a little kid, you know? Um, but, uh, um, then of course I got older and got into, uh, music and girls and, you know, opened a record yep. store and blah, blah, blah. So it kind of like went away for a while, mm-hmm. uh, moved, uh, to Bowling Green, uh, where Bowling Green state university is. And, um, had some a little bit of extra time there so i uh, I, I started doing some scratch building um with you know i was like 19 20 so i was a little bit more you know yeah i guess had more dexterity a little bit a little bit more hand-eye coordination yeah you know and <laughs> so i started scratch building and i was I, that's when i got hooked on Celios. yeah and uh so i started kind of copying him with scratch building stuff and um writing more articles and uh, I was I was reviewing uh, kits for Model Railroad News at the time, and 
just just kept going. And then from there, that went to move to Cleveland, um, build a house in Cleveland, and started this website. We actually owned for a while. We owned the domain modelrailroad.com. Um, Jeez. And uh, I started this Trevino Circle layout that mm-hmm. I built in my house. I built there, and uh, so we uh, started this layout called the Wiscast. Uh, was cast at Trevino and Western mm-hmm. and it was kind of a, a 1950s take on Celios's uh, Franklin South Manchester right so it kind and, of moved forward so, in time a little bit yeah yeah I kind of moved forward in time yeah and um, <laughs> so I started building but what I was doing was I was blogging every day my wife at the time uh, was teaching 60 miles away so she was actually living in her parents house coming back home mm. on the weekends so I was programming. I was a programmer. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, at night, I'd get done, let's say, about 3 o'clock or so in the afternoon. And from about 3 o'clock until about 1 o'clock in the morning or so, I would just build every yeah. day. Yeah. And I would document it with the early digital cameras, yeah. you know, um, like one megapixel type of thing. And I, so on this website, every day, I would update it every day. So I really got a, a following really fast. That's the way so to do it. So I was blogging before. I was blogging before there were blogs. Right. You know, their blogs didn't exist. Right. And uh, I got something like 50,000 newsletter subscribers. I mean, wow. it was big. It yeah. was, I was getting a lot of hits. It was, um, I met a lot of really, really, really good modelers. Um, and uh, I only did that for maybe less than two years. Mm. And we decided I really wanted to build miniatures. Mm-hmm. Um, of course I wanted to work for ILM. Um, right. And, uh, there's only two, uh, there's only two, pl- well, there used to only be two. Now there's three places. I mean, if you, if you're a professional model maker growing up in that, that era, there was Disney, there was ILM and now there's Weta, but, but yeah. back then nobody had heard of them. So it was, those know, are the right, big, exactly. those are the big three, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, I, I really didn't ever have like a thing where I wanted to go work for Disney. Yeah. I really wanted to work for ILM mm-hmm. and, uh, so I said, well, if I'm ever going to do that now, I was always, I was already kind of late to the game. Right. Right. Um, but if I wanted to do that, I had to move out to California. So, uh, we had friends that lived in Paso Robles, California and I moved out there Yeah. and just so happened, uh, that, uh, the company I, I, uh, was working for, it was a, a contracting company of programming. Um, I was out in Paso Robles and six months after I moved out there, they called me up and said, Hey, we've decided to dissolve the company. Oh, great. <laughs> so, so much for working virtual. Uh, so, but I, I had been building bigger and bigger models that turned into like dollhouses and playhouses and mm-hmm. things like that. And there happened to be some guys that were building tree houses uh, in the central coast of California. And uh, they had this company called Daniel's Woodland. And mm-hmm. uh, I uh, hooked up with them. We actually became partners. Um, and, uh, we, I, I was with them for, for a number of years and then moved over here to Fresno, um, kind of started my own thing, but, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, I was looking so at the tree houses kind of, on the layout. Those were are on the, uh, on the, uh, on the website. Those are pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do really some neat. tree houses. I mean, yeah. that, that with the old company, that was kind of our specialty mm-hmm. that, that became theming because people right. wanted uh, more complex pieces with characters and then that turned into shooting galleries mm-hmm. and animatronics and now mm-hmm. they're they do all kinds of stuff like that over all over the world yeah. uh we we uh at, at monster city we kind of uh 
Uh, we do more uh, like static theme park stuff. We do some tree houses. We've, we've been doing more as mm-hmm. of late, bigger bigger ones, which I really love. That's kind of like my passion is the, the construction type of uh, yeah. theming, um, stuff that we can create and, and build ourselves. Uh, so it really, it all kind of spawned from model building, mm-hmm. um, and model railroads. And that kind of grew into the themed entertainment industry, which is kind of interesting because I mean that in a way, uh, that's, you know, with Disney, that's kind of what happened with Disney yeah. where he had his own, you know, obviously the animation and all that, but then he started getting into the whole train thing and that become, you mm-hmm. know, he built the, the playhouse at his, his second house in LA right. for his daughters and then he you know, kind of grew and grew and got bigger and bigger. And, right. you know, obviously I don't want to compare myself to that, but um, you're, you're that's, just that's, like Walt Disney. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> no I was actually, he was actually successful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, uh, I was going to interject that. Yeah, that is, that is a common theme that I see over and over again mm-hmm. with people in theme, themed entertainment that, that, you know this passion for miniatures and models and trains, and it grows into. And also, there's a, there's a duality there. You, you said you were programming, and also model building. Now, I'm a yeah. I'm a designer, so I work a lot on the computer all the time. Sure. And my my sure. I get paid for doing this, but that at the end of the day, I want to go do that other thing. Yep. Some, doing something with your hands, you know, is is right. is a great balance to. I mean, I imagine animating all day or working on a computer or doing programming or anything like that. Well, there, you know, there is some doing the programming, uh, the, the type of things I did, it was, we were web enabling things mm-hmm. uh, that, that really, and this is, you know, mid, mid nineties, uh, late nineties. Uh, there wasn't a lot of, um, ways to web enable things, uh, uh, databases, things like that. This is so dark ages. it was kind of open-ended. Yeah. I want this data on this website. You figure it out. Mm-hmm. So it was creative in a way, right? right? Um, I was a horrible programmer and I still am, uh, <laughs> horrible, but it was a little bit creative. And I do, even when I do it now for little, uh, in-house things, yeah. uh, I, I enjoy it. You know, yeah. um, I don't enjoy it immensely, but I do enjoy it because it's kind of a this puzzle challenge, you know, right. that I, I really like. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I do see that. I see a lot of, you know, we were when we were at DesignerCon a couple of weeks ago. We had a there's a guy by the name of Chris Rayleigh who has a uh, Instagram called Route Nine Signs. I love and his stuff. I love his stuff. Awesome. He's, he's the guy that he convinced me to finally break down. I'm just looking at his stuff, not talking to him. Just like convinced me to, to buy a laser cutter. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Chris, is, uh, <laughs> he he, well, he he was at our shop yesterday. He's from Fresno, also. Yeah. So uh, he he was at our shop yesterday. He introduced me to Justin uh, Scard. Uh huh. And okay. but at DesignerCon, Chris was nonstop with his fans, uh, stopping, yeah. wanting to see his stuff in person. Yeah. But he introduced me to a number of Imagineers, um, yeah. uh, who you know follow him. But it's mm-hmm. there's all this kind of common theme of. Imagineers and miniatures. Yeah. And um, all these people either like railroads or love his signs Mm -hmm. or it's really, really interesting. And uh, um, even in kind of the uh, collectibles world, and when I'm talking collectibles, I mean like, um, let's say, uh, like superhero collectibles Mm -hmm. that are made by Sideshow or by Gentle Giant or. Those people are also really into, you know, models and yeah. 
and so there is kind of this whole it's this weird kind of I, I don't want to say subculture but in a way it is all these <laughs> kind of uh, model builders and train mm-hmm. geeks and you know we all kind of have this weird connection to each other and uh, yeah um, and in LA and entertainment and Right. Movie miniatures. Well, and there's this really whole, neat. and now they call it the maker movement, you know, all yeah. of this. It's yeah. like, that's all interrelated to, and I, you know, yep. I, it took me years to figure out, and I finally heard this phrase, and I'm like, maker, oh, that's what I am, you know, because sure. I was like, well, I'm an artist and a designer, but I also do this, and I also do this, and I make these things, and sometimes I build, you know, this and this. Oh, oh, you're a maker. Okay, I'm a maker. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Right, right, it's exactly. Like, oh, so that's what I've been doing all these years. Yeah, right, the, exactly. You're, that's, you're a maker. That's funny. Yeah. And, and, but I, you're right. There is there is this commonality, that common thread that runs through all of it's, that. It's just, it's creativity. It really, it's creativity. It yeah. really is. And, yeah. the, you know, there's so many facets of it. Even like, let's say, like, uh, we've had to work with, um, pleasure to work with Adam Savage mm-hmm. uh, from Mythbusters. Uh, I love on him. Ma- Magic Wheelchair Projects. <laughs> um uh, yeah. you know, got to go to the cave a number of times oh, and to that's great. tested studios mm-hmm. and, and, uh, that it's all the same. He, you know, he worked at ILM, right. you know, I have another good friend, Fawn Davis who worked at ILM. Right. Um, he has a place in LA Fonco studios. We do mm-hmm. work for them. They do work for us. It, you know, it's, um, it's neat. It's, it's just all these, uh, it, it's this big web and we're all somehow interconnected and somebody mm-hmm. knows somebody who knows somebody. It's, right. It's really, right. really interesting. Um, and then, you know, there's the trains and right. somehow we're all connected to those. And trains are cool because thing. they're miniatures that move. It's, it, well, it, yeah. it combines miniatures with animation. You know, there's, there's, there's it, life there. It, there is. And it, it's also, I, w- I was talking to my daughters the other day because they, they're not really into, they really like, uh, the dirt spot models and things mm-hmm. like that. They really like that. They like other, seeing other other models. They're not into it, but they they like it. No, uh, my wife's not. the same way. She likes it. She thinks it's cute, and she likes it. And you know, <laughs> you can tell when she likes something. She's right. like, oh yeah, you know, that's that's neat. Um, but uh, you know, there there is a interesting. Um, yeah, I, I guess there there is a neat kind of. Um, there's so many facets. Yeah. To model railroading. That's and that's that's one thing I really enjoy about it is that there are, you know, you have your electronics, you can have your programming now with all the digital stuff. Right. You have it's 3d art, there's sculpture. I love hand carving rock, mm-hmm. uh, scratch building, kit bashing, right. making everything, printing graphic arts, right. you know, making it's all there. And, yeah. It, if you want to, if you want to develop those maker skills, that's a really good place to start. Is is oh my God. build get yourself a four by eight piece of plywood. Yep. Yep. Seriously. <laughs> and, and because Seriously. you will have to learn all of those skills. You'll have to learn how to use those tools, you know, the, the soldering, electronics, uh building scenery, Every, things in scale. It, uh, there's math, for God's sake. You yep, know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're gonna learn a lot. Your your uh, your tangent tracks mm-hmm. exactly you're going to learn a lot and have fun doing it i hope yeah and you know and i think that there is somewhat i don't want to say movement but now there's these all these model builders that are doing dioramas or they're doing kind of model railroads with no trains and things like that it's mm-hmm. it, you know it's more of like this uh 
uh, not being so restrained by a railroad has to be this, you know, you have to be, you know, you have to do this for it to be a model railroad. No, it's whatever you feel it can be, you know, I I really, I've been trying to create a story just that you have, like you have, um, with Thunder Mesa, I've been, you know, kind of developing this whole story of, you know, why, why am I, what does this railroad exist for? Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really, it's not really a railroad. It's, it's a, a layout with, a railroad on it that, right that, that little bit of railroad serves the layout right you know uh whereas most things started is uh, i need all this track and then i'm gonna build something to fill in this is more like i'm building the scene and then fill right in it with you, trains. you start by you start out building uh, with a train set you know yes and you, you you and it's all about the trains and eventually you end up building a place yes an environment exactly. You, what you're what you're creating is a, is a theme, it, a miniature themed environment. Well, and you know, like you're you you're a huge fan of nature's wonderland. I love that. And stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and you are transporting all these tens of hundreds of thousands of Disney fans that were <laughs> familiar with all that, yeah. and familiar with Thunder Mesa, and you know, all the uh, kind of the kind of the retro Disney type stuff, I guess you could say. Um, and in a way uh, yeah. with your modern kind of twist on it, yeah. but you're transporting people. You're, you're playing with their memories. Well, thank you. Um, and, and, and <laughs> no, I mean, really, and, and that's, that's what we're doing. We're, we're trying to accomplish. Um, it's like, I don't want to say it's a time machine cause it really isn't, but it's, it's, it's like a 3d in, in person movie. In a it's, way. A, it's, it's a storytelling medium. It really yes. is. If if you you get to a certain point, you can tell a specific. I mean, not a narrative necessarily, but you can immerse people in uh, the environment and a place for stories to happen. And yeah, it, absolutely. It goes back to you know uh, John Allen and writing the newspaper articles back and forth to the mm-hmm. you know the the railroad executives, right? Uh, and where they're you know kind of complaining back and forth to each other or talking, you know, and they right. have these little banters. Uh, it, it's kind of like that where we're developing. Yeah. Now mine is kind of out there. These people that are abandoned, it's a little dark, <laughs> but you know, it, it is that, that type of thing. And I really enjoy that part of the hobby where it's, it's not just, okay, it's trains and switch this car here to there. It's beyond that. Right. And I, I really love that part of, uh, well, yeah. that, that's a whole different thing is, is, uh, the, the operations game. And it really is a game. It's, it's like, uh, it's like a role-playing game, you know, you're, yeah. you're well, with trains. And I love that too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Back when I lived in Bowling Green, my buddy, uh, Andy, who, who actually went to become a VP over at Daniel's Woodland, who we were talking about before, mm-hmm. uh, he, he, we had built a layout. And it was completely prototypical mm-hmm. with a, it was basically a switching layout. Right. Um, and we would stand there for hours and we'd write up waybills and switch cars. Mm-hmm. And I love that because that's that puzzle. Right. That's, but, but all of model railroading to me is that puzzle, you know, even, even painting something, mm-hmm. weathering something, it's that puzzle. How do you make this work to fit in this spot? Right. How do you use this paint? How do you use this, this weathering product yeah. to to make this thing look the way you want it to the way you want and it then to. and then and i don't know you know about you dave but you, when you're when you're weathering something and you don't you you do more of a tra- 
traditional and I, it's very very disney-esque obviously you know right so everything is relatively is, new on my layout because right. it's a boom but, town but, it was just built but you got you have shading where you're using yeah. still techniques that people don't use right right you're using artist techniques right, right. um which i which i also love and i will yeah. say uh, i'm gonna tell you this but your 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 modeling to me is um uh, in in a different vein, but right up there with Celios oh, and wow. John so Allen's <laughs> because it is so, excuse my French, freaking well done. <laughs> it is so beautifully done, and I absolutely love it. Um, it's just in a different vein, but it's got it's got that same, there's that same kind of logic put to it, and there's same thought and same, um, there's the same creativity. It's just a different, you know, it's yeah. Picasso versus, you know, uh, you know, uh, Rubens or something, you know, it's something like that. It's, oh, it's, stop. Enough about no, me. But, Let's talk about it. I'm not, I'm not saying that, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is there's, Thank you. there's that really, that super clean yet it has that feeling. You look at your stuff and you go, that's Disney. And that's how they would do it. If it exactly. Had, that, well, that's because I, that when I first started this, I, I, I said, it's actually the, the thing is reverse imagineered. It's like yeah. I, I I came up with this idea of this place and it was like how would how would Disney do this if they mm-hmm. were going mm-hmm. to do it and so you, you know all of those techniques and and uh, um, philosophies and ways of doing things is what is the logic that goes into behind that so everything's not too dirty it's a little you know it's it's clean. And it's it's weathered, but not too much. But it's new. It should be. It should be the way the way exactly the way it is. Yeah. You know, a fan can look at that and go, "Yep, I feel at home here." That's, that that is that is my place. And my my favorite place. compliment I hear uh, on the layout is, uh, "I want to shrink down to an inch and a half tall and live there." Yep. I said, "So do I." Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, that's yeah. that's why I get the feeling when I see it. Uh, but uh, you know, as Disney fans, you go into when you go into the parks and whatnot. Mm. There are these things where you look at every single building, everything, and in, in um, any any part of the park, it's all it's all shaded. Mm-hmm. It all has there's light weathering, right. you know. It, but it's all subtle, right? But you're able to capture that, which is really hard to do. Thank so, you. So um, yeah, it's really really hard to do. Uh, but as I would, I guess I, I I got way off track there. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay uh, you were praising me for a long that so that's yeah, fine right, so just okay, just keep not? doing that for the rest of the show <laughs> yeah no, but it's 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 actually pretty amazing how many people know you know you talk to different people in the business and they know about your layout so that's um, what that's, amazed that's really me because cool. you know yeah. i'm just this guy in arizona doing this little thing and yeah i've met a lot of amazing people through this well through this. when you went to when you went to riverside and you went to the the layout um uh, oh yeah, the the Puerto Borracho open house with Gary. How and cool is that? That was I mean, great. I had a blast. Oh that man, I, that, I love those things. I love you know at Suncoast Center mm-hmm. um, in Tampa, yeah. Muskrat Ramble. Right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, wow. You know um, that that caricature. That, mm-hmm. It's not caricature. It is kind of, but the character that's in that layout right is so fantastic that's so that's amazing. storytelling at a high level i mean gary what gary's done and scott carter and you know they're, they're they've taken that and run with it and i love it you know we're gonna I, tell I, we're gonna i got a specific story i want to tell and and he's done he's done an amazing job you know, both yeah, of those yeah, guys I, no i love it yeah, i love it yeah. um 
and you know my family were my my wife's from Mexico and mm-hmm. so my daughters are half Mexican right and, mm-hmm. and so that whole thing I just love it it's so cool That's, he, he's I doing like what, he's doing a rum layout now did you know this he's doing a a, a Jamaican like Jamaican. sugar cane rum <laughs> pipeline it's like well I that what, what else are you gonna there. do next <laughs> yep yep. I mean, it's kind of like where the dirt spot is going, and that's a whole different section that I, yeah, my whole kind of right hand six feet mm-hmm. is this whole island swamp, palm trees, beach, kind of that, the, like the, like the sugarcane railroad type of look. Yeah, of feel. yeah. And this is a fish railroad, but you know, there's so many fish. Sure, why not? Railroad to haul them, you know. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so so yeah, I really I, the, the whole hobby is just. It's just awesome. I love doing it. It's it's really really cool. I like model building in general. You know, right. I just build a one thirty fifth tank, um, just because. Yeah. I like doing it. So, the, the, yeah. You know the military modelers. You know, and I was just talking about this uh, with some people, and that uh, occasionally, a couple of times a year, two three times a year, I like to leave the layout and go and build something else. You know, build, mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with it, just right. to stretch my creative muscles a little bit you know and do something I, different to think about something different to, to you know a space thing or a you know a medieval or sci-fi or something or like a military modeling like you just did um yep, i think yep, that's a I, really healthy thing to do you know well you know i, I uh you learn Jensen new things and i and myself we we do that podcast and we just yeah. did an episode where we where we talked about that we, we just hey you know you don't have to stay in your same scale. I mean, maybe, maybe that's all you ever want to do. And that's Mm -hmm. cool. Uh, But if you want to kind of pick up some techniques, maybe in a way that isn't sitting down and kind of studying or watching YouTube videos, pick up a different scale model uh, in a different genre and and try to build it. Or maybe, maybe a difference, maybe a railroad model, a different era. Yeah. Do something modern or something old. If you haven't, you know, whatever, something different. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that really, I, I love it. I, I think it's great. You know, I was I was talking about that History Channel pilot we did. That was World War Two. Mm-hmm. You know, we were doing the beaches at Normandy. You know, yeah. the landing at Normandy. I didn't know jack about that. As but you do as, like, now. Oh my God! Yeah, I, believe <laughs> me, yeah. I learned a lot in a week when I was yeah. back in the hotel room because we were sequestered. You know, yeah, that's all I did was study. And when yeah. I found out what we had to learn or what we had to do, man, that was talk about cramming. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but. Yeah, but I mean, I knew about Normandy, but I didn't know the details right. and the characters and, you know, and the people that were actually there. Right. Um, so, that, but that was all because of model building, right. you know? So it's also history too, mm-hmm. right? So right. you're also learning history. You're coupling yours with, you know, kind of Disney history. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you could certainly couple model building with, uh, with you know, Old West or Eastern Seaport or wherever, whatever right. you're and my my only my 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 analogy that I make is that it's like a, a good if you do it right it's like a good uh, piece of fiction you know sure. it, you, there, it it or a good movie you go see a big blockbuster yeah. movie and you know that people can't fly and they're not really superheroes and they're and, right. and a radioactive spider is not going to give you superpowers you know all that going in but you suspend your disbelief long enough to enjoy the story and if the story is well told. You have no problem doing that. So exactly. what I always strive for is not realism. I think the term realism is dramatically overused in the model railroading hobby to the point My that God. it's almost meaningless. 
right. don't <laughs> I don't do realism. I prefer believability, which is a totally different thing. You know, yep. you can use elements of reality to make things believable, but reality is not the goal. Realism or believability is. Believability is. Yes. Right. That could have been. Right. You know, it, this could have happened. Be. I can I I can believe this. Yeah. I can believe it that, long enough to enjoy it. Yep. <laughs> and that's that's what it's all about. Right. You know, some may, people may only want to enjoy it for thirty seconds. I say you guys are crazy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's when people stand there and look and they point at things and they, oh my god, look at that little thing. Look at that. Yeah. You know, I'm not quite there on my layout yet, yeah. but it's really neat when they do that. It's and, fun. Uh, yeah, it is. I, I I can't wait to uh, give it its own home. So. Yeah, I look forward to seeing uh, how this uh, this uh, James's barn (laughs) develops. Yeah, yeah. This I I got a bunch of photos from uh, from uh, Jake, Mm -hmm. and uh, he sent me a bunch of pictures that I guess you guys had used for research. We did. We did a ton of research, uh, and uh, then developed our own drawings because things had changed. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I, I love the fact that, you know, that, that barn was saved and was able to be uh, uh, brought to the live steamers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've never been in there. It's I've a perfect place fence. for it. Yeah, I've been at the fence when they were closed because of COVID taking pictures. I yeah. Mean, you know, I just, yeah, it is absolutely. It couldn't, couldn't be a better place. As they uh, famously just, and truthfully brag, it is the only Disney uh, attraction in the world that's free. Right. Exactly. Well, totally. <laughs> and it's open tomorrow. Totally. Was it the yeah. third Sunday of every month? They they have an open yep. house. Yeah. Third, uh, it, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I that whole area right. is just you think about that. If if you're really into Disney history, travel you, town. You haven't and, been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You haven't been to L.A. just to go around to uh, Hyperion. Right. And you know what is it? Gleason's the the supermarket there where mm-hmm. the uh, old, old studio was. Yeah. And the Tam O'Shanter is just down the road where they all used the to go have lunch and a four martini lunch yep. <laughs> and, the, and the carve their names white, in the tables. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The snow yeah. white cottages. Right. Right there. Um, right. Those the, Feliz. The Lyric, the Lyric house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, it's, it's so, you know, it's so weird that there's so many millions of people living around that. Yeah. You know, this is what gets me. And I'll go up there and I'll be in L.A. visiting a client or whatever. And I'll drive around that area and I'll go, you know, go. And it's kind of creepy that I do that. But go look at like the Lyric House and go, you know, they were what part of Snow White was edited in the garage. Right. I mean, that's in, in, in people around it. Maybe they don't care. They're oblivious to it. But the fact is, is that changed motion picture history it did and it was done it was done in that garage right there yeah. that, i love that i yeah. love the fact that you know uh, gleason's i think it's gleason's right i i i, I probably have the name wrong but i don't remember you know, walt's office was it's now it's now a, a, a exit the drive exit of the supermarket you know and you can kind of, you can look at the pictures and kind of <laughs> you're get talking about a hyperion yeah I, yeah, the Hyperion, Hyperion Studio. Yeah, you know, like you know, this this is where it, it started. That's right. You know, it, it just it's 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 pretty it's pretty amazing to to know yeah. that that the whole corporate kind of uh, um, what do you say pop culture, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, as it is today in the United States and for a lot of places in the world, 
kind of started in these little in that areas little area. That, and that yeah, little and there's a few square yeah. miles of of uh, yeah of, of <laughs> North Los, Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, my God, it's so neat. I mean, yeah. I, I just love little history things like that. I, yeah, I really, really enjoy those. That's fantastic. So, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Someone should start a video channel where they just go around on YouTube and oh, that's what Justin does. Oh, that's what. <laughs> check out these. Things. He was just at the the house on the what? What's the the second house? The the mansion. Um, can't think of the road it was on where the the playhouse is in the backyard. Um, oh, that's Los Feliz. The, what's the, that? The Los Los Feliz. Yeah, and Los Feliz. Yeah, they're they're that I can't remember the name of the street there that 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 um, that house is on. Um, you know, it's, they were doing like a haunt walk around the house. Wow. Uh, yeah. Where you could go there and mm-hmm. you know, it's sold out, but you could get, you don't go in the house, obviously, no. but you, know, you walk around the yard. No. Uh, Who owns, uh, I think they just did a thing a on the Di- producer. Really? Cause they just did a thing on the Disney archives where they went into the house and a lot of it's preserved just, you know, as well, it he, was. He, uh, the, so the owner lives in Moscow, I believe he's a uh, producer, <laughs> but he he collects really really rare Disney items and art Properties. and film yes. cells. Mm-hmm. So he ha- he has those hanging in the house, you know. Mm. And so it, it's it's very very. So he has really kept the whole Disney uh, memory. That's amazing. Uh, in the house, yeah. You know, it's wow. not it's not somebody like the lyric house that just kind of lives there and mm-hmm. you know. Hey, cool! This used to be Walt Disney's house, you know. Right. So, um, yeah, it's it's actually preserved, and unlike the Carrollwood House, which doesn't exist anymore, it was just no longer uh, there. Yeah. Which I guess the wine cellar is one of the tunnels. They kept the tunnel there, and they turned it into a wine cellar. And then there's a <laughs> there's an arch for the old railroad, and that's uh-huh. there where it went under the tunnel. See, I had no idea that. That's wow. Yeah, that's it's well, uh, Justin Scott told me. He did he? That, uh, yeah, he told that me that boy gets that, around. He he knows a lot of stuff. <laughs> he said that that I guess that that tunnel was turned into a wine cellar, mm-hmm. so it's still there, which is pretty cool. You know that they actually wow. did keep some of it. So, um, yeah, really neat history. So if you ever get out to uh, anybody gets out to LA, that's pretty pretty neat to check out. If you're a, if you're a Disney fan, which I would think that most of your listeners are, most of them probably <laughs> are. Yeah, I would, yes, I would yes. think so. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of, of cool stuff, um, tell us about Magic Wheelchair. Okay. Um, well, Magic Wheelchair, we build costumes now. I've had to change what what we said because just the other day on uh, Good Morning America, it was mm-hmm. announced, uh, Christine, the executive director, was on there, um, that uh, we are now just – we're not only building costumes for kiddos in wheelchairs, but we're building costumes for – anyone in wheelchairs that oh, wants a costume wow. um, that that really has a desire to be able to go to a con mm-hmm. you know a comic con right uh, a parade things like d23 right. WonderCon. so uh, this is wheelchair based cosplay wheelchair based cosplay that's awesome um, for trick-or-treat right anything like that uh what we do is we're, we're complete nonprofit, mm-hmm. right and we uh, get builders from all over, actually all over the world, but mostly in the United States. And we um, we find right now we have about 500 kids on the list, but uh, we try to match up groups of builders mm-hmm. with um, kids that live in the area 
that are in wheelchairs that would like a costume, be it for Halloween, for a local Comic-Con. Sometimes we'll, we'll fly kids out to, like, for instance, San Diego Comic-Con right. or different, uh, different events, uh, Rose City Comic-Con, L.A., Vegas, wherever. And uh, we build them a, a costume for their wheelchair that yeah. they can reuse. Yeah. And uh, it's all completely free of charge to the families. We reimburse the builders, the build mm-hmm. groups, for their materials. Uh, but um, we we give these costumes to the kids, and uh, that's fantastic. And what are, what are some of the we, ones that you've done? Uh, as Monster City Studios, I think we've done like uh, thirteen or fourteen of them. Wow! And uh, we've done uh, back in twenty, I want to say it was twenty eighteen. We did uh, we did a Luca, with Lucasfilm with their help. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually did a Star Wars themed magic wheelchair build mm. where we we flew seven families um and the kiddos to san diego to san diego comic-con yeah and we we revealed um seven different costumes to the seven kids and they were all star wars themed so we we built a giant x-wing fighter Mm -hmm. i remember uh, seeing pictures of that one yeah a a kiddo from dallas yeah we had tom spina of tom spina designs out of long island um he he does he used to work for henson Mm -hmm. and he he rebuilds a lot of uh um characters and movie props and whatnot but he also has a fabrication studio like ours he did a rancor um with a (laughs) really really good friend of ours richard riley uh, does work he's out of virginia and he built a rancor where the kiddo was uh was basically in the hand of the rancor and the dad was pushing the wheelchair and he was in the rancor and he was in the the, the the mouth yeah we had uh um, fawn davis of fonco um studios who who used to work for ilm um he did a uh, a Jedi um, uh, speeder uh, for a kiddo. Mm. Uh, so uh, we had we did a Porg Island, which uh, Rick Lazzarini, who was actually the designer of the original Alien Queen wow. for Legacy <clears throat> or for uh, Stan Winston Studios. Um, Rick uh, Rick built a a, a Porg Island because the little girl loves porgs. Mm. Uh, so there was some really we had a another another friend of ours actually built a Droideka. Um, from the Star Wars. Oh, series. from Star Wars, uh, yeah. Yeah, he he's out of Dallas. Um, uh, Sean Fields, and uh, he he uh, has actually went to do work for Lucasfilm since then, nice. uh, because they really liked his work. Really so liked much. it. Yeah. So uh, there, there's we've done a, a those we've done uh, DC Comics work with DC. We mm-hmm. did a Batman costume where the kiddo uh, it was a Batmobile, and the kiddo actually got to open up the Batman themed museum. Which wow. is the Comic Con Museum at Balboa Park? Oh, I remember seeing that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> we did a we Monster City. We did that. Um, we've done a number. Uh, we did a thing. Uh, let's see. It, right, right before COVID, February mm-hmm. of uh, 2020, I guess it was. It was. Um, we Seems like about episode. 20 years ago, though, doesn't it? Oh my it? God! <laughs> did you? Did, I saw. I saw a, a meme today that said, "If you write out 2022, yeah, it's actually 2020." T-O-O. Oh, no, 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 like, no, no, let's not. Like, 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 like or, oh, or 2022, God. like, over again. No. no. I don't want to do that. But 2020 also. We, we, we were on the Food Network, and we did uh, with Duff, uh, Duff Goldman, who does uh, uh, the Ace of Cakes. Um, we, we teamed up with him for that mm. show, and we did uh, two Jurassic Park-themed nice. wheelchair costumes. And him and his crew, they made Jurassic Park-themed cakes. 
and we went to Universal Studios and we revealed them out in front of the Jurassic World ride. So that was pretty cool. That fun was, stuff. Was really fun. Is this yeah, something so, that people can donate to? Or, or? Absolutely. Uh, magicwheelchair.org. Okay. Uh, uh, but we are always not only looking for monetary donations, we're also looking for builders, makers, as we were talking about earlier. All you makers out there listening. Yes. Absolutely. Anybody that, that loves to build things with their hands. We have mm. anywhere from uh, like kind of general contractor, framer type people to makers that have 3D printers, that yep. have laser cutters. Um, anybody that just wants to get involved, maybe has a few friends, they want to get get together um, you know, uh, every weekend or every other weekend for a couple months, however they want to do it, and, and, and build a costume for a kiddo in a wheelchair. And you can just sign up. You can do it yourself. You can do it with some friends. And uh, we put you in touch with the family. You, mm. you go measure the chair or the family sends you measurements. And uh, then we, you know, we do these reveals. They don't have to be for Comic-Cons. The, some of them, like I say, are for trick-or-treat. Some of them are just for the kiddo's birthday party. Hmm. You know, it, it, we try, we tend to try to get media involved and we make a big deal about it. But <clears> a lot of these, most of them are, you know, just little local things that, you know, you just go with the family and say, hey, you know, we know you love, you right. know, Superman or, or whatever. Here's a costume. And uh, it, it's it's uh, it's well worth it. It is absolutely one of the coolest things when you can take a kid that's in a wheelchair that maybe doesn't always get a lot of uh, attention. Yeah. Uh, maybe sometimes they're a little bit, you know, set off to the side and you can make them the center of attention, make them that superhero that they right. really are. Or and they get to play them, pretend like, you know, all kids love to do. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, you know, that, that's one of the things that that is really cool about magic wheelchair is we we've had kids that you know um you, let's say they go to the park and their parents push them to the park and the kids uh, kids playing they don't necessarily want to talk to them but man if they're in a you know some kind of spider-man costume or right. something like that the other little kids run <clears> up <throat> to them and they go hey you know you like spider-man i like spider-man what's mm -hmm. your favorite character what you know what's your favorite movie and they start talking and the and the able-bodied kids look at these kids and they, they think oh these kids are actually just like me. Yeah. You know, they so, like to play like I do. They like, and then, so next time when those kids go out, they may be like, you know, there's another kid. They're not in a costume, but and they're, they're in a wheelchair, but maybe I'd go talk to them. Yeah. Maybe I could play with them, interact with them. Yeah. And that's happened so many times with through magic wheelchair yeah. that that's, that's part of the magic. Um, breaks it, down the barriers. Yeah. There, it breaks down the barriers and there's beauty in that. I mean, yeah. that is something that is, just and and there's beauty in seeing these kids just mm -hmm. light up. Yeah, you know, even the nonverbal kids, you know, they they get, they they don't speak how we do, but they they speak in their you know their facial gestures and right. they just get excited and they oh man it it is such a wonderful feeling to be able to give these kids these things. That's, and so that's, that's, that's why we do it. That's why we do it. We absolutely love doing it. And uh, it's, it's like I said, we've done 12, 13, 14 of them. And, you know, we're going to keep doing them. Unfortunately, it slowed down during COVID. There weren't a lot of, we didn't want, you know, kiddos, yeah. you know, around sick. People, Not a lot of right? cons and things going on during that well, period. Well, yeah, you, you don't want kids that might be susceptible. Right. Um, Immune compromised and things. Yeah. yeah. But, but now, uh, but now it's starting to roll again. And uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. That's so, great. Yeah. Well, thanks for telling us about that. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We've been we've been chatting for a while, and uh, I've only got like one more thing I want to I want to talk to you about, and that is uh, what is if you had is there a dream project that you would love to do that you've never if you haven't had the chance to do yet, or maybe you might never have the chance to do, but you just like thinking about. Is there something like because I have a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, roll around the back of my mind going, well, that would be fun. That would be interesting. That would be a neat problem to solve. Right. If you could just pick one, I mean, what what would it be? Here, here this thing seems kind of corny. Um, <laughs> That's okay. It's a corny but show. If if I had a dream project, I would love to do, um, and I've, I've been thinking about this in different scales for a long time, and this is this is not only if I could do a professional dream project, but kind of a, my hobby professionally, mm-hmm. you know, if there's anything I'd want to do, I would love to do a very large you know, F scale, G scale layout that was in similar to your layout where it was a lot of red rocks. Yeah. Um, I would, I, of course I'd want to do it very weathered, but I would love to do big, we're talking multi, maybe 16 foot tall mountains. Mm. Um, where the where the tracks are cling, clinging to the sides of the cliffs yeah. with big trestles, a lot of that kind of Malcolm Furlow-esque, maybe a little bit brighter. Yeah. But I would love to do something where it was in this huge, basically a building. Yeah. And I could just be creative because there's so many scenes I could see. Yeah. You know, I, I would love to do a massive kind of Malcolm Furlow- a little not so depressing and dark, but th- that style <clears throat> where you mm-hmm. could walk up and you could actually walk up on maybe uh, above you're on, I don't want to say you're on the side, almost like a, like a trail, mm-hmm. right? So you could walk above the layout and still be kind of in the scene and look down right. um, onto the layout. But from the ground, when people look up there, you know, that, that path is kind of hidden. Yeah. Right. So, right. So you're not out of scale, but right. I would love to see do something where there was a very large kind of red rock with a lot of uh, um, uh, I always loved the idea of doing red rocks with like beachy looking water, which I've never seen before. Hmm. Um, that, that crystal blue mm-hmm. kind of water with yeah. red. I would love to do some kind of large G scale type of layout like that. I, yeah. and out of all the things I could pick. Yeah. In the business I'm in, for yeah. some reason, I've just always wanted to do that. That um, that's amazing because uh, the, I, I I've had a, a very similar idea for a long time, um, <clears throat> and Thunder Mesa is kind of like this is what I can do now. But I've always thought, so you know, you get a warehouse size place, yep. <clears throat> and it, with all the lighting and the, you, you know you 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 cove the ceilings and everything, so you can project light effects project. So, yep. day Absolutely. night. Moon, stars, uh, shooting stars, yep. all that stuff, rainstorms, rainbows, full on, uh, uh, fully realized backdrop all the way around, like yep. beautiful, yep. like like the Grand Canyon diorama at Disneyland, and yeah, exactly. um, and have a walk through thing where it's all G scale trains yep. or F scale, yep. and uh, yeah, and it's all red rock and old west and I, that, clinging yeah, to the sides I, of cliffs and some of it's at eye level and some of it you're looking up at and some of it it's you're you're looking down below 
and water effects with we- real water. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's a, I, yeah. I've also, we've done it in Monster <laughs> City. We've done a few mm-hmm. years ago, we've done a, a number of these. I would like to do more where we started uh, learning how to projection map mm-hmm. onto miniatures. Right. We were, we were animating the, the scenes with mm-hmm. projection mapping. Right. So be it something as simple as clouds, but we were actually animating rivers in streams right. where you would stand back and it looked real because we were animating in 4k uh-huh. on onto a static model right um, and it's so you can you can take windows of buildings and turn the lights on and you mm-hmm. can have scenes going on inside yeah windmills moving and, and, mm-hmm. and you can do all that right. it's all possible the technology is all there but I would love to incorporate that into something large scale mm-hmm. with like what you're saying right red rocks trains clinging to cliffs right if there was a project where i could where i could hand carve rock you know <laughs> yeah that's what it would be would that be I wouldn't would that be, be fun maybe someday God, when we're old and gray i'm already old yes. and gray maybe we'll be we'll be able to collaborate on something like that that would be awesome that, that would be i mean that that, uh, that would be a dream would be yeah. my dream project and i would i would do that as just one of those things where Hey, you're an old guy and you just want to do this, Let's you're do do this it. for the rest of your life. You know, that's <laughs> what I would want to do because I would love to see people walk into that and go. Oh, yeah. You want that crap. wow factor. Just wow. They walk yes. in and I always envisioned it. You walk in, you kind of come in through almost like a mine tunnel and you come out and you walk under a trestle. Right. It's so, that's exactly And a train's going thinking. right over your head and you're walking. Oh, so my. you're like walking through the bottom of the canyon, you know, and it's all yeah, around I, you and all sides. I had done a little scale model at one time because... I was talking to Dave Ravella at Suncoast mm-hmm. about doing something like this before he had developed it as much as he has now. Yeah. But doing this layout that was kind of like that, where you would actually walk and you actually start almost underwater, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And you come up and you're coming out of the water. So you're, you got the, the water because I've kind of developed this for the Dirt Spot 7. You do you it with the... See underwater. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can kind of see underwater and then you're basically walking out of the water and you walk into this canyon and there's forest on both sides of you. And the trees are, you know, they're F scale. Mm-hmm. So they're big four feet tall. Right. And they're all over. But you can see like these logging scenes. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're able to use light where it cascades through the branches of the trees. Right. So you get that God light coming down through there. Oh, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Awesome. And you have oh, that. And it's, so cool. it's lighting Mists up the forest and, floor. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, I would love to do that. Wouldn't that, that would be, be fantastic? I'm talking about trans transporting people mm-hmm. in a way that hasn't been done in model railroading. I would love to do that. Yeah, that is what I would love to do. That that sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know, you'd have the red rocks, then you'd mm-hmm. have a forested area that's higher up in the mountains. Right. You know, there's so much cool stuff that hasn't been done that could be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, or you know water. I love doing water. I you have a seaport scene. It could, yeah, exactly. Uh, and in that large scale, oh. yeah, it's hard to do. But you know now, now and you know with projection mapping, cutting, you could have the waves coming in. Oh and my cra- god! Oh. <laughs> there, so I so and I. And Sorry, I folks, we're totally to, geeking out now. We're, you're about to close, but I did this one <laughs> diorama of this this little small diorama of a Normandy landing uh-huh. where this tank is coming up and the water's crashing. Yeah. And I have so many times said I'm going to sit down and I'm going to projection map on this so the water's moving, and right. bullets are hitting the water, and oh. the splashes, and it's so it's not hard to do. You just no. haven't know how to do it. Right. But we've had to learn how to do this right, right for right. our business 
it would be so mind blowing and it's never been done yet. And, and I want to do that. But what you're saying is you could do the seaport and you could have seagulls and you could seagulls flying. Yeah. Oh, God. It, well, Hitting the water. Where, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so, we, so we have the yeah. thing where in one of our, our uh, models we did with the projection mapping where the clouds are going overhead, mm -hmm. but on the model, you see the shadows of the clouds oh. going across the landscape. Oh, right? that's, that's we awesome. We have one thing where the airplane comes and you hear it come through, through surround sound, comes behind your head and then it flies over and you see the shadow flying over and it's, the shadow is actually going up and oh, down over the, the hills following the contours. Oh my God. It is so cool. See, now that is great use of that technology. In my opinion, I yes, mean, that is yes. a great use of that technology. You don't see that. You see, you see just things projected on surfaces, <clears throat> but you don't see that interactivity. Something that You're enhances the, 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 the surface that's there. Something that enhances the model adds we, we animation, adds life to it. Yeah. That there was one that we haven't implemented uh, uh, professionally yet, but we developed a forest fire mm. where, so with projection, you can change the color of the trees, right? Yeah. Uh, just as long as you start with the right base color and you can actually make the fire move through the trees and make smoke. And if you skew things correctly, it looks like it's, it's burning. Wow. It's so neat. It's that's, so, so really cool. That's fantastic. Um, but I would love to be able to implement that in basically kind of taking a 3d version of, of, uh, you know, augmented reality or virtual reality and combining that mm -hmm. with actual physical, actual models, actual practical models right. and projecting on them to animate them is, mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. Combine those two ideas of the the immersive layout, large scale layout, and projection mapping. Mm -hmm. It would be something that I could do forever. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. That's that's the future right there. That is the future. That's the future it, of this hobby. Exists. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. You just got to be creative. Right. It all exists. You just yeah. got to be creative. Well, on that note, James, this has been yes, an absolute pleasure. Just I knew it would be a lot of fun talking to you, and I was right. I've had a lot of fun, Dave. It's, it's been it's been great. I got to get out to Jerome. Come on out, man. My my favorite singer in the world lives right right by your studio. So, mm -hmm. That's you know, true. And he's got got a good little wine cellar there. I gotta that's go buy true. Some wine. Yeah. So yeah, that's that'd be uh, that'd be fantastic. All the cool kids are in Jerome, man. They are. That's what, what are I you hear. doing in All Fresno? Cool <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, believe me, I've I I have I've kind of wanted to be part of the exodus out of california yeah. but, you know, All uh, right. hey we got a lot of stuff going on here so okay um, but yeah uh great uh, thank you for having me on i really really appreciate it it's been a lot of fun um it's great that you know uh, we can uh, we can all be kind of uh connected by these by this hobby yeah and uh i think that's really really cool because there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of us and kind of our, I guess, kind of circle of people that that have are like-minded. I really enjoy um, the friends I've made through this hobby. It's really, really, Amen. really neat. Me too. Absolutely, no doubt about it. All right, sir. Well, thank I you, got James. Work to do. All right. But, uh, Me too. You, and we'll talk soon. I'll talk okay? to you soon. All right. All right. Thanks, Dave. And that is our show for this time. And that also wraps up the 2021 season of the Thunder Mesa Limited podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I had a great time talking with James and thank him so much for being on the show. 
Coming up in late January 2022, I'll be back here with Season 2 of the Thunder Mesa Limited Podcast. Until then, you can catch me over on YouTube doing model railroad builds and how-tos on the Thunder Mesa Studio YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode, and you can do that via direct RSS feed at thundermesa.studio slash podcasts, or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are streaming. If you like our show and would like to help get Thunder Mesa Studios podcasts and videos on the air, please consider joining our Patreon campaign. Our patrons get early access and exclusive content for as little as $3 a month. You can find out more at patreon.com slash thundermesa. And now, folks, I've got me a train to catch. Keep moving forward, amigos. Adios for now.